Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in the upstate of South Carolina. I'm your host, as always, Stan McCune, realtor here in the upstate out of Greer, South Carolina. And as I always tell you guys, you can find all of my contact information in the show notes if you need to reach me for any reason. Uh, Please review, subscribe, download all of those wonderful things to the show. Um, If you're listening to this on a certain uh, platform, such as uh, the Apple Podcast, know that it's also on several others, such as Spotify, such as Audioboom, Google Play. Uh, I don't know. I've got it on a few others as well. If it's not on the platform that you prefer, let me know. Let me know so that I can make sure that we uh, syndicate it out to those other platforms I, I need to hear from you guys, so let me know about those things if it's not on the app that you like to use. Today, we are going to be talking about good flips versus bad flips, and specifically, we're going to be talking about you as a buyer. If you're coming into a house that you're looking at as a buyer, how can you very quickly without having inspections done and all of that, determine if a house that was flipped, and and by flipped, I mean it was a house that was remodeled that used to be in bad condition. How can you quickly determine if that flip, if that remodel was done the right way? Because here's what happens. If you don't catch that during your your initial showing, if you, if you miss that, then you're going to, to lose time and money. Until you get to that inspection, which you have to pay for, you're going to pay several hundred hours for an inspection. The inspector is going to come back and tell you, oh, they had a lot of skeletons in the closet in this house. And let me tell you, there are a lot of skeletons in a lot of closets in a lot of houses right now. Uh, Because there is a lot of people that think they can flip houses, right? We've been in a seller's market now for quite some time. Um, the, the, it's, it's actually in a lot of ways harder to flip houses in a seller's market than it is in a buyer's market. Um, but there is one standpoint in which, uh, it is easier. And that's that you're pretty much, unless you completely screw up, you're pretty much not going to, going to get stuck with a house that you can't sell. And so because of that, you get all these speculators that come into the market that think they can flip a house that they've never done or even a remodel before but they know that it's a relatively safe investment because at the very least, they will be able to dump it off. They might not make any money, but they know that they'll be able to sell it to someone at some point. Um, so there are a lot of people right now that think that they can become real estate investors uh, by flipping houses. Um, let me just say this. This is kind of an aside, but if you're flipping houses... Um, you're not necessarily a real estate investor. I don't really consider that uh, real estate investing unless you have a well-oiled machine whereby you're doing it. You've got a team in place. You've got capital. You've got a strategy. You're, you're doing different things in order to make sure that you can do multiple of these per year. If you're just kind of like, oh, the house next door went for sale and it's in bad shape. I think I'm going to try to buy that and then flip it. Um, that's not real estate investing. That's just speculating, taking a low risk uh, opportunity and then trying to make something out of it when really all that you're all that you know 
is that it's the house next door. Um, you, you haven't gotten into the numbers and analyzed neighborhoods and, and analyzed markets and looked at supply and looked at demand um, and de- determined uh, what your business plan is going to be. You haven't done any of that. Um, all, you, all you knew was that the house next door came up for sale and you figured that you could flip it. And so that's what you attempted to do. Um, there are a lot of those types of quote unquote investors in the market right now. And here's the problem with that, right? They don't have any experience with remodels. Now, let me let me back up for a second that there are some very experienced flippers that are not good at what they do. They are known for cutting corners. They're known for doing bad remodels. So a person's experience doesn't directly correlate with how good of a house flip or how bad of a house flip that they do. Some of the worst ones are by very experienced investors who are savvy enough to know exactly where to cut corners and get away with it. That being said, most of the time, the novice investors, those that are uh, new to the house flipping game, are oftentimes the ones that are cutting the most number of corners. They're the ones that get in, that overpay for the house, and then they're, they're trying to do the work and they're like, okay, we've got to save money somewhere. Where are we going to save the money? All right, we're going to save it here. We're going to save it there. We're going to save it all sorts of, of different places. And they they save it um, in, in ways that ends up hurting the buyer who ends up purchasing the house later. Now, there is one common feature of every flip house, okay? And, and you might hear my garbage truck going around the neighborhood because it's going around the neighborhood right now. Um, but there's one common feature about all flip houses. And it makes sense. They all have good updated cosmetics of one form or another. No house that's been flipped has not had its cosmetics updated. It's not, n- n- they've all had a n- new paint job. They've all had flooring replaced. A lot of them have had countertops replaced. A lot of them have had things cleaned up. That's what pretty much every flip house has. They, they look nice in a lot of ways. All those cosmetic things are good. Lipstick is on the pig. It's nice. It, it, it shows up great in pictures. Everything looks great. Until you get into the details of the house. And the devil is in the details, whatever that means. Um, it sounds good. I, I think it applies to this situation. Um, and that's where the trick lies. That's that's where, that's where what the work that you need to do in order to determine if a house is a good flip or a bad flip. You have to look straight past those cosmetics. Because those cosmetics they lie to you. You know, the the great countertops on top of the cabinets doesn't necessarily mean that the plumbing inside of the cabinets is any good. The plumbing underneath the sink in the vanity or in the your kitchen cabinet. You can't look at the countertops to determine that. Um, just because the paint on the walls is great, that doesn't tell you what's behind the walls. Might be tons of termite damage behind the walls. 
Um, so there's all sorts of, of aspects to this that you have to look past the cosmetics in order to get the full picture. So what do you do? When I walk into a house flip, um, I can pretty much pretty quickly determine whether the house was flipped well or not flipped well for for the most part. Now, almost any house flip is going to have crazy things show up on an inspection report. By crazy, I mean, you know, there's just going to be a lot of things. There there is always corner cutting when people flip a house. It's just it always happens. You just have to be prepared for that. If you're buying a house that was a flip house, um, because it, it, there's a very simple reason, right? They're on a budget. They are not living in the house. People that are living in a house do better work for the house than people that are not living in the house. That is true 100 out of 100 times. 100% of the time, people that are living in a house when they remodel it do a better job with the work than people that remodel a house when they're not living in it and don't ever plan to live in it. So the ideal situation is if you have a house that looks like it was flipped, but in reality, it was just remodeled by an owner-occupant. That is the ideal scenario. That's the one that I feel uh, the most comfortable with. But in the situations where it was not an owner-occupant, it was a quote-unquote investor that did the work, there's going to be corner cutting somewhere. You have to be prepared for it. The key is you don't want to get way in uh, into the in, into the transaction far along in the process before you discover that whether the corner cutting was really bad or not. Uh, but the first thing you need to actually be looking when you sh- look at the house when you go to the showing you need to be looking for signs of corner cutting and then determine how bad it is and you need to start on the outside of the house. Um, the first thing you can start with is look at the landscaping. Okay, this is a very common place to cut corners because a lot of people are willing to take a nice house uh, that doesn't have great landscaping. But if the house does have really good landscaping, well, that's a really good sign. So this doesn't necessarily tell you if the house is not in good shape or if it was a bad flip, but it can tell you if it's a good flip. If the landscaping is really great, that is a really good sign. If, if you don't see a ton of weeds everywhere, if, if, they, have, uh, if they have good, um, healthy grass, a lot of things trimmed the way they should be, all of that, that is a very good sign. You know what's a bad sign? If you see straw on the ground, as if they were trying to seed and grow grass. That is the oldest trick in the book. Yes, they put some seed down. They threw some straw down on top of it. You're not going to get grass. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, there's more to it than that. Um, odds are you're never, ever going to see more than a few little sprouts of grass result from that. It will be years uh, before and and probably additional seeding and, and whatnot before that turns into anything. Um, so that usually is a sign that there was some serious corner cutting. They weren't even willing to bring in sod and and put in the work to get the the sod to be healthy. They just sprinkled some seed and and threw down some straw. Look at the roof while we're outside. Look, Take a look at the roof. 
You might not be um, super knowledgeable about roofs, but an average person can look at a roof and get a sense of whether it is, um, it, you know, in decent shape or not. Um, if the roof is shiny, particularly, you know, at the seams of the shingles, that's not a good sign. Um, it's not the end of the world per se, but, but that tells you that the roof is probably old. If you see streaks on the roof from where, you know, rain has come down it. Again, that doesn't mean that the roof is shot, but that's an indication, okay, they cut corners here. They didn't replace the roof. This has an, an older roof. This is, they may have done, you know, they may have spent eight, nine thousand dollars uh, replacing granite in the house, but they wouldn't spend eight or nine thousand dollars on the roof. Not a great sign. Um, look at the, uh, while you're outside, look at the air conditioning. What age is the AC? You can get a sense by just looking at the AC unit. A lot of people have some common sense. A typical AC unit lasts about, we expect it to last around 15 years here in South Carolina. Um, but you can also look at the serial number and actually figure out the exact age of it. I recommend, um, for instance, if it's like a train AC, um, Google uh, uh, how old is my train AC, something like that. Um, and you'll it, it will take you to a page that will help you to re- be able to read the serial, serial number. Typically, serial numbers have uh, several numbers right at the beginning and then some letters. You typically, for AC units, and it, and it does vary, but typically you look at the first four numbers, and two of those numbers are going to be the year. Very commonly, they will do the month and then the year. Um, so it might be something like 0211. 0211 would mean February 2011. Sometimes, though, it's reversed, and sometimes the numbers don't make as much sense as you would expect it to. So it might say, you know, 1122. Well, if it says 1122, 22 is not the month, but 11 is probably the year. Um, So that's just kind of a rule of thumb. So look at the AC. If the AC, this is a a particularly bad sign. If the AC is older than 15 years, or if it just looks banged up, that probably is an indication that there were some serious other things that were neglected in the house. And here's a a general rule of thumb that I I tend to say when it comes to looking at houses. If you can see deferred maintenance, you can't see a whole lot more deferred maintenance because everything has been, and and this is true of, of flipped houses, just as true as it is of just normal houses that are for sale. People will put it out there and make it look as good as possible. So if when it looks its best, it still doesn't look good, that's a bad sign. You know, it, it's it's like if, if uh, someone asks you out on a date, and on the date, that person does not take their appearance seriously. Listen, they're never going to take their appearance seriously. It's a silly analogy, but it's the same thing when it comes to selling homes. I shouldn't say the same thing. You don't go on a date with your home. I hope not. Um, even if you love your home, which I hope you do. Um, but at the end of the day, if you can see problems, then there are a whole lot 
of more problems underneath the surface that you're not able to see. So while you're outside, go ahead and take a peek in the crawl space. And really, most of the time, just a peek is adequate. I, I don't necessarily think you need to, to get all up in there and, and crawl around. Some people like to do that, and that's totally fine. I can usually get a pretty good sense by just poking my head in there. Take a peek in the crawl space. I, 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 um, I was showing a house recently to someone and uh and we looked in the crawl space and there is so much that you can gather from from sticking your head in the crawl space um you want to look you want to smell you want to feel you want to do all use all of your senses and so this was an instance where i opened the crawl space door and i was hit by uh cold air cold air well what did that tell me there's an AC, there's AC leaking somewhere in here. There's a duct that's leaking or something. Um, and it's interesting because we had been inside the house and the AC did not seem to be performing very well. And it was like, well, here we go. This is the reason why um, there is some sort of a major leak down here uh, that is pumping cold air into the crawl space rather than inside the house. Um, if you see no vapor barrier in the crawl space, again, that is a bad sign. That is a, a sign of corner cutting and, and an important one too, a vapor barrier, you know, with the moisture levels we have in, in Greenville, you need to have that. That helps to, to protect uh, the foundation, the, the wood structure of the foundation uh, from growing fungus, from having all sorts of issues, from the inside of your house having um, uh, high humidity levels, all sorts of things. Um, you see, uh, if the crawl space is wet now, there's going to be, listen, you're not going to have a bone dry crawl space. Let's just be realistic. There's going to be moisture that, that is completely normal. But if you see like standing water in the crawl space or, um, it's just muddy, really bad sign. And if you see that you're probably going to also see mold, fungal growth again, Let's not overreact. These things are resolvable. I'm, I'm not trying to encourage you to, oh no, I see little white spores on, on, a, on a joist here. Listen, that's not the end of the world. Um, but that may, if, if you're seeing some of these things, if you're piecing these things together the and the crawl space looks like it was neglected, that is a another major, major sign of corner cutting. And that's a common area that... that Flippers will try to cut corners because they know that a certain percentage of the market is just not going to look in the crawl space. And among those that do look in the crawl space, there's a large percentage that won't know what they're looking at. Um, and so that is a very common spot to uh, to cut corners in. Uh, another thing you can look for down there is, is uh, missing or falling insulation. That's a sign of, of moisture issues. It also tells you that they didn't address uh, the uh, missing or falling insulation. Um, I'll also open up crawl space doors and just see a lot of things down there. You know, it's just like um, like there was stuff being stored down there, just garbage down there, or maybe a person living down there at one time. You, you might ha see evidence that there are uh, creatures, cats, um, squirrels, mice, rats living down there, those those are really bad signs. 
okay? That those are, are things that happen in a home that's not occupied, um, and that's going to become now your headache once you purchase that home. You're going to have to figure out a way to resolve that, and you're going to have to do that very quickly. And of course, I mentioned uh, your sense of smell. Uh, crawl spaces are going to be musty. They always are. So don't worry about that uh, per se. But if it's a if it's a strong, wet kind of musty smell, okay. And and I've got to be careful here because some of my listeners are experienced enough that that they know what I'm talking about. Some of you aren't, and so make sure that you always have your crawl spaces inspected. Don't just take your nose's word for it. Um, but I there is a difference between a normal musty smell. And a okay, there is some heavy moisture in here, musty smell, and it's just it's it's a heavier type of must. I, I don't know how to how to say it. It's just heavier. It just it, it it's not repulsive, but it just feels you can just feel the moisture that you breathe in. And of course, uh, when you enter the house, if you smell mustiness in there, that can be another bad sign. Now don't confuse the normal smell of of an empty home which can kind of be a little bit musty um, or at least seem a little bit musty don't confuse that with what I'm saying I'm saying again there's like a heavy-ish type of like wow this this just smells like high humidity musty uh, I can just kind of sense the moisture Um, if you start like getting a headache from being in there, that's a bad sign. That that might indicate that you're breathing in something that you shouldn't be breathing in. So those are all uh, things to consider as well once you're inside the house because the moisture problems down below, they will rise to the top. They will rise. They will come into the house in one way or another. You sense any of those things. Those are signs that there was there was some corner cutting that should not have been done in that house. And at that point, you may want to consider maybe this is a house that I shouldn't put an offer on. Um, again, this is just a guide. This is just a guide to help you be prepared. It's not. I'm not saying that um, you should completely rule out a house on the basis of, of any of these things, but you need to know what you're getting into on the front end. Um, once you're inside the house, there's a bunch of things that you can look at in there as well. So kitchen cabinets. That, that's an easy one, right? You saw that they replaced the countertops. They put some some granite. Well, what kind of granite did they put on there? Let's start with that before we even get to the cabinets. Um, is it just your basic low-grade granite? Or did they go with something a little bit nicer? Something a little bit nicer would be quartz, of course, which isn't granite. Um, if you don't know what quartz is, just Google it. It's a man-made type of stone. Um, it's more expensive, uh, oftentimes in granite. Um, then there's different levels of granite as well. Um, and so the levels are based on kind of how unique the granite is. If the granite has basically a set pattern to it, or if it's just like one color, particularly like black, um, that is a cheap granite. That's a basic level one granite. If the granite has some character to it, and it's not just a speckled pattern of some sort, but it has, you know, um, 
like waves through it and 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 different unique things that catch your eye that's a nicer granite that tells you okay they did a nicer job here they didn't just go with the cheapest materials possible well that's a great sign uh, because that indicates that they that they weren't just cutting they didn't cut corners there right they understood to invest in in the granite same thing with tile you can look at tile you can identify pretty quickly, okay, is this good tile or did they just go with the cheapest stuff? Is this good hardwoods or, or did they just go with the cheapest stuff? Look at the flooring. Um, identify uh, whether they went as cheap as possible or whether they actually invested in nice fixtures and nice flooring and all of that. Same thing with the cabinets. Most of the time with a flip house, they're going to keep the cabinets. But look at them. What what do the cabinets look like? Are they in good shape? Look at the doors. Interact with the doors. Open and close them. Are these cheap cabinets? Are these old cabinets? What's the situation there? That gives you a little bit of an idea as well. Um, The tests that I said before, whether they went with just the cheapest option or with a little bit nicer option, that applies to a few other things as well, such as the kitchen appliances. Is it the cheapest possible or close to the cheapest possible range, cheapest possible dishwasher, refrigerator, etc.? Okay, they cut corners there. That they, they they decided to go cheap on the appliances. Something to consider. Bathroom vanities. Are these just your two hundred dollar vanities that you can get, you know, at a home store? Or did they put in some nicer vanities that have nice cabinets, nice countertops. Interact with all of that. Take a look at that. That will tell you this. That will start to paint the picture of what type of a job that they did flipping this house. Look at the windows. Here's a common one: um, old windows, not been replaced, or windows that perhaps aren't old, but they have problems. Um, you can't open or can't close them properly. They won't lock properly. The top sash um, won't stay up when you open the bottom sash. All sorts of, of different things like that can arise. Those are really, really good indicators that uh, corners were cut in the house flipping process. And of course, there's one that, <laughs> especially given um, my, my recent podcast about this, um, this is one that I don't necessarily think I would lead with, but in cases where you're concerned about something, so let's say that you go through this house and you see several of these different things and you're like, okay, I'm concerned about this. Um, and I, I didn't mention another thing would be looking at some of the electrical stuff, you know, are there, uh, do you see GFCI outlets at near places of water in the kitchens and bathrooms? Um, Did they just leave old two-prong outlets? Um, That tells you that the electrical has not been updated. There's all sorts of different things like that. Um, But um, as you you look at some of these things, if you're starting to get concerned, if if, uh, several of these things are being checked off as having cut corners, that might be the point at which you need to ask, hey, was a permit pulled to do this work? And did they go about it that way? Now, I've seen a lot of good flips that didn't have permits pulled. Um, and we already kind of discussed that a little bit. So that's not the end-all, be-all. But that can be something 
uh, that is a consideration when you have some concerns about some of the work that was being done. Um, that's kind of a, a feel it out kind of thing. Like I said, I don't lead with that because I, I get, I, I don't recommend not pulling permits, but I have been in that situation myself where it was confusing whether a permit needed to be pulled or, it, you know, there was uh, something got crossed up between different parties and it wasn't pulled. So there's, I see it from that angle as well, that there can be situations where good work is done without a permit. Um, but that is kind of the final thing that I would say that you can look for if you have other concerns. There are some other things as well. Um, I can't, I, I, you know, sitting in my basement, I couldn't come up with an exhaustive list. But when I'm showing homes to my clients, when I'm showing properties to my clients, it's all, it, it's instinct for me. I know where to look. I, I identify the different places. Um, I identify the different things that could be concerning. And then I raise those to my clients. And I let my clients make the final decisions. Um, I don't try to push them in either direction. I simply lay out the facts and then let them decide. Now, if it's a situation where I really don't think it's a good fit for my client, well, that's that's another story. I will speak out. There are some situations where I think something is a perfect fit for my client, and I don't want them to miss out on it, and I'll speak out in that situation as well. Um, but otherwise, I, I feel like my job is to it is to not be the decision maker for them, but to simply present as much information and as much data to them as possible to help them make an informed decision uh, for themselves. And so hopefully this helps you to think and to get in that mode. If, if you're looking to purchase a home, um, here are some things when you're seeing that home that's been remodeled, here are some things that you can look for that can help you uh, to better understand how well the work was done that was done on a house and that can uh, make you feel more confident in putting an offer or that might raise more questions and be like okay I need to to do some more research on this I need to find out more information and that can be really invaluable and save you a lot of headache and heartache down the road that's all for this week's episode I appreciate you guys listening rate review subscribe um Make sure that you download, do all of those things. All of my contact information is in the show notes if you need to reach me for anything, any of your real estate needs, any of your podcast discussion needs, uh, as far as my podcast is concerned. Please go ahead and reach out to me however you want. I hope you guys have a great rest of the week.